Thank you, Utsile. It's now six minutes past 12, and uh, we are still to tell you about protesters in the Brolisbrate area who've set alight several buildings, including a clinic today, and uh, rescue operations underway at Harmony Gold to free 70 miners trapped underground after a fire broke out at the Durankop mine in west of Johannesburg. Now, to the courts where former Nigerian Olympic athlete Ambrose Munye and his businessman partner Andre Hose both received life sentences for the murder of Chanel Henning. The sentence was handed down in the North Houting High Court after Munye confessed his role in the murder of a Pretoria mother, Chanel Henning, in November of 2011. Munye and Hose were found guilty of the murder in November last year. After the verdict, the case took a twist when Chanel's husband, Nico Henning, was named by Andre Hose as the mastermind behind his wife's murder. Nico Henning was arrested, charged with murder and released on a 10 million rand bail. Our reporter, Nao Makwiting, has been following the case. He joins us now on the line. Now, a very good afternoon to you. Let's first start with the sentencing. What did the judge say in sentencing? Well, the judge, the acting judge, uh, Johan Kruger, made few comments, especially around what the two accused have stated before the court towards the last days of the, 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 the trial. He says their kind of remorse that they have shown through the evidence that they have given to the court, it shows and it simply shows that they are not totally or genuinely showing any regret to their action. Kruger also mentioned that the two, both Munye uh, uh, and Nehusa, uh, they make a, a, a around 10 because they knew they are safe already that they are not going to get anything lesser than the life sentence. So they were trying to save their, their, their lives or save themselves by shifting the blame to Nico, a human, whose case is still pending and it will be coming before the Victoria Ministry Court very, very soon. Let's talk about the reaction of the Henning uh, family upon hearing the news that the two co-accused have been sentenced to life? Well, I, I managed to talk to both uh, the, the parents of uh, Shanino Henning, that is uh, uh, Ivan and, and Sharon Shanovich. Uh, both are saying they, from the beginning they knew that this was going to be a very long route to find peace and justice and they did accept from the beginning that it's not going to be easy but they, 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 they welcome the, 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 the sentencing and they say they are hoping the very same pattern will, will follow suit during Nico, the, the, the final law a case which is still coming before the court what uh, I would not that he, he feels so bad that he spent so many money, so a lot of money for him to be able to pursue this case to reach where it has reached. And he says, if we were poor, if we were poor, he, he doesn't think that they would have sort of like get what they got through the judgment today. He says the justice system in South Africa needs to be checked up as he doesn't care for an ordinary person. Did he give you more detail about what his uh, challenges were and why he had to pay a lot of money for what a lot of people would say ordinarily is a responsibility of the police to follow up allegations and charge anybody upon evidence that uh, a murder had been committed? 
Ireland and Sharon says, you know, it's just true that the violence that they wanted to invest a lot of money because they wanted to know the truth. As the case dropped, at one stage they wanted to sort of like leave everything and then dump everything and sit back and enjoy their life. But they said, no, no, they're going to continue getting the best the lawyers to, 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 to follow uh, on this case. Because if the money that they use on their private lawyer, not the state lawyer, on the private lawyer to investigate the, the case, that they spend a lot, lot of money uh, to, 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 to make sure that justice at the end prevails. The other challenge that they, they raised was that the little kid who is now motherless, he, he, he is a to them, because how is he going to grow, you know, knowing that his uh, mother was, was murdered in such a horrible manner. Thanks a lot. Uh, now, now, my greeting, our reporter in Pretoria, this uh, after the North Houding High Court in Pretoria handed down a life sentence each to former Nigerian Olympic athlete Ambrose Mwenye and uh, his co-accused businessman Andre Hose for the murder of Chanel Henning. Perhaps this is something that you would like to comment on. You're welcome to SMS us, 34701, 34701, to write per SMS. I suppose especially that last bit that our reporter Naoma Kuting was saying that uh, Chanel Henning's father was saying that had he been an ordinary citizen without the financial means, justice would not have been served because uh, at some point he had to really pump in a lot of money for pretty much the police to do their job because uh, the the case was dropped at some point and this has been the criticism about a criminal justice system that it only really serves those with money of course this is a very a big or huge generalization. But what are your thoughts about this? 34701, I'd certainly like to hear from you. Two round per SMS, 34701. And uh, you can also chat to us via email, live at sabc.co.za or our Twitter handle at SFM Midday Live at SFM Midday Live. Now, protesters in the Bronger's Freight area, East of Pretoria, have satellite several buildings, including a clinic today. Seven buildings have been satellite as a result of the protests in the area. Police spokesperson Johannes Jafta says two people were arrested in Ratabi Singh and will be charged with public violence and illegal public gathering. Jafta now joins us on the line for an update. A very good Afternoon to you, and thank you very much for speaking to us, uh, Mr. Jafter. If you could just first tell us about the situation at the moment. Good afternoon uh, to yourself and your listeners. The situation at this moment is very calm. No incident in the Dopeni, where we arrested the 31 people, was reported overnight with any serious incident. In Rikamise, uh two people were arrested in the early hours of the morning. Uh, they will be charged with public violence and also the Illegal Gatherings Act. Uh, yesterday evening, it's been reported that the clinic, a hall and a public uh, private residence has been set alight. So police are investigating those arson cases and no other injuries have been reported uh, so far. Since this morning, uh, calm is prevailing in, in, in all the areas and uh, police are maintaining their presence in the areas to, mm. to, to monitor the situation, yeah. Now, this occurred in Rotabi saying we had uh, a similar incident in Zitobeni yesterday. Are you also keeping a watch on that area? Yes, uh, the, the, the two areas are not far away from uh, one another. Uh, they all fall under the, the, the Bronker Sprite area, and uh, we're we monitoring the situation, and we, we keep our presence in the areas. 
I'm just wondering because, uh, especially in the case of what happened yesterday, community leaders were blaming what they called criminal elements for uh, burning down a library. And in this case, the police have also warned residents to beware of criminality. How would you then go about separating people who are genuinely protesting and uh, those who are criminals hijacking the protest? Uh, that is that is why we we, we arrest some of these uh, protesters and they will appear in court. Uh, and we urge the community, those that especially that doesn't participate in these illegal activities, to report to the police who the perpetrators are. They can even do it on the anonymous line, and then police will react and uh, brought them to bring them to book. What are some of the penalties if one is found guilty for public violence or an illegal public gathering? Uh, at this moment, as I'm speaking, I don't have the clause in front of me, but I think the, 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 the public prosecutor will be able to answer that one uh, because they're dealing with these things almost daily. All right. Thank you very much. That is uh, okay. Police Spokesperson Johannes uh, Jafta. And uh, to talk a little bit more about this, so we are on the line to Blessing Monale. He is a City of Twani spokesperson. A very good afternoon to you, Mr. Monale, and thank you very much for speaking to us. Are you disappointed that uh, residents have decided to express their displeasure, their anger in this manner? Um, thank you very much for the opportunity. I think we are, we are worse than disappointed. Um, it's a mixture of anger and disappointment because it, it has taken quite a lot of resources to put together some of this infrastructure that has been destroyed through this protest. Secondly, because the, the Office of the Executive Mayor has always had an open-door policy about engagement on particularly the two areas which uh, did not were not part of Tran in the last... Uh, well, we became incorporated in Tran in the last two years. So we felt that... Uh, we could have found other ways of engaging, understanding that these are failing new areas integrated into the city. When you say he has an open-door policy, it's one thing and it's commendable, but do people get a sense that they're being listened to, that their grievances are not falling on deaf ears? Well, well um, I, I think that it, it is the extent to which that, 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 that grievance is reasonable and, and, and can be met. I mean, um, it is one thing to keep on knocking to the door, getting it open, and making the same demand. For example, we initially thought that the demand was about unlocking uh, the current systems that have been uh, that have been blocked. But we have now actually discovered that it is now uh, uh, people are demanding to go back to be reincorporated into the uh, into the Kunguni municipality. Others are actually saying, "Take us back out of Houting, back into Mpumalang." Now those matters cannot be addressed by an executive. When, when you say unlocking the current services that have been blocked, what exactly are you talking about? What initially um, happened is that when we were migrating to a new prepaid system, uh, those that were in areas for municipal rates and taxes could therefore not be able to be reconnected to be able to buy prepaid electricity without settling um, um, a fair percentage of, of their rates and taxes, which had, were set at a minimum of, of 30%, and therefore they could simply not buy prepaid electricity, and that's why the system, uh, that's why their powers uh, was off. So mm. it was not even a shutdown, it was not a shading, for example. What's the next... Uh way forward because clearly there is a misunderstanding and um, irrespective of whether or not the actions of the community of those criminal elements are good or bad you have to find 
a way in which you negotiate with the community and it brings the end, an end to such behavior or, or un- unhappiness in general? Well, we have, we, we have put in a, a number of measures. Um, we have started by firstly saying that yesterday at 1,400 hours, we basically uh, suspended those penalties and allowed everyone else to register on the new prepaid system so that they can buy. So currently, as they are busy protesting, some must just take their time, go and register, they'll be able to buy prepaid electricity. We have, we have established a task force. Unfortunately, it includes the security cluster because it has become a security environment, uh, including a team of negotiators from various service delivery departments to go and understand the other issues that that uh, might have created an impression that the door is locked. But the executive mayor has committed to be able to to visit the Zitobeni and Ritabising area by the end of business tomorrow. We are sitting in the mayoral committee today addressing some of the issues, including property that still belongs to Mpumalanga that we cannot develop. So there are other issues that actually straddle over us, the provincial government and national government. Thank you so much for your time. Blessing Manali is a City of Tiny spokesperson and uh, still on matters of service delivery protests. Residents of Sibukeng in the Val south of Johannesburg have blockaded almost all entrances into the area. Residents started their protests in the early hours of this morning. It is understood that they are complaining about lack of housing and other services in the area. The situation is tense and police are monitoring developments. For more, we are now on the line to Gauteng Police Spokesperson Captain Zeki Somofuking. A very good uh, afternoon to you, Captain. Thank you very much for speaking to us. Has the situation calmed down or is it still volatile? Good afternoon and thanks uh, for having me on the line. Has the situation calmed down or is it still volatile? Yes, the situation has come down, and the, 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 the mayor of, 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 of Sibukeng has been um, addressing the community, and we hope that, that things will, will end up uh, clearly. Has there been any damage caused to property? Uh, I hope, um, uh, as I'm speaking to you now, nothing has yet been reported, and we are monitoring the situation. The, the protesters or the, 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 the community members were, were, were not that violent uh, this morning. They all, all they did was to close Did they express what their grievances are? Um, the, the grievances, as, as we, we hear from them, it's, uh, it's related to, to, to say this protest and, and, and say this delivery. Mm-hmm. Will police be keeping f- uh, a presence in that area? Yes, we would be around the area up until the situation is normal. Um, we hope that it is resolved uh, soon. All right, thank you very much for speaking to us. Uh, Captain Tsekiso Mufogeng brings the time to 21 minutes past 12. If in one of these areas, in Ratabiseng or Zitobeni, uh, near Bronx Strait, or perhaps if you are in the Val area, please do SMS us, send us your uh, thoughts, 34701, on what exactly is going on, why people resorting to such behavior. 34701, it will cost you two rand per SMS, and, uh, but we'd really appreciate it. We're also available on Twitter and Facebook at SFM Midday Live is our Twitter handle, Midday Live at sabc.co.za is our email address. Our top story this hour, the North Gauteng High Court in Pretoria has sentenced both former Nigerian Olympic athlete Ambrose Monya and his accomplice, Andre Hurst, to life for the murder of Chanel Henning. The markets at the sour gold is trading at $1,256.30 an ounce, platinum $1,380 an ounce, 
the rand at 11 rand 10 cents against the US dollar, 18 rand 10 against the British pound, trading at 15 rand to the euro. The head of the United Nations Children's Fund has welcomed donor pledges of $350 million, or almost 3.5 billion rand, for the Central African Republic, but has warned of the urgency required to turn those pledges into reality. International donors pledged the amount on the sidelines of the recently concluded African Union Summit in Addis Ababa, although the figure still falls short of the $409 million needed to fund AU peacekeeping operations in the country. Anthony Lake warned the country stood to lose a generation of children who could repeat the violence in years to come. Showing Bryce Peace has this report. It's a tragedy at long last getting global attention. Saving the children, be it in Syria, South Sudan or the Central African Republic, now being seen as not merely humanitarian but strategic in nature. Anthony Lake is executive director of the UN Children's Fund. These children who are suffering so much today are the ones who will either repair those societies or repeat the violence in these societies in the next generation. And this means that they need the education so that in their heads they have the skills to be able to rebuild their societies. But it also means giving them the kinds of counseling and support that will get them over the trauma that they have all suffered. Heavily armed militias continue to butcher people in the country despite around 5,000 AU troops supported by some 1,600 French forces on the ground. The death toll has risen steadily to over 1,000 people, while almost 1 million or 20% of the population, many women and children, are internally displaced or have fled the country. Lake warned that not many schools were operating in the Central African Republic. It's certainly going to be one of our priorities uh, is to... Uh, get schools functioning, even if they're not completely functioning as they were, uh, to provide a safe space uh, for not just learning, uh, but protection from violence for the children. And if they don't have in their heads and the hearts the capacity and desire to rebuild their societies, this is going to be replicated in future generations as well. UNICEF also announced a 4.8 billion rand partnership with the European Union to improve child and maternal health in 14 sub-Saharan African countries. EU Commissioner for Development Andris Pibalks also spoke about their work in the Central African Republic. The EU support overall is 200 million euro. Um, part of it is related to support for African forces for security. So it definitely gives more chances really to provide humanitarian support and to reopen schools. There are some schools running, but we have a situation where most of the social infrastructure have been completely looted. So it's basically starting from the scratch. We are preparing additional package as soon as the security situation will, will allow. On Monday, reports emerged of at least 70 people killed in and around the town of Boda. Since the coup in March last year, violence between the Christian majority and the Muslim minority has stoked fears of genocide. Sherman Bricepies, SABC News, at the United Nations, New York. 
It's uh, just about 26 minutes past 12 here on Midday Live, SAFM 104-107. Your lunchtime news, I'm Tepi Somakwetla. Very good afternoon to you. If you've just joined us, thank you very much. We hope that uh, you'll chat to us about your thoughts on some of the issues we're covering on the program or perhaps something that you think we are unaware of and we should be broadcasting. 34701 is the SMS hotline number to write per SMS. It'll cost you, but you can also chat to us via Twitter and uh, Facebook on... Uh, Twitter, our Twitter handle is at SFM Midday Live. You can email us on middaylive at sabc.co.za. So some of the SMSs that have come through, this one is not signed. It just says, good, death sentence would have been best. And that's with regards to the Chanel Henning murder case in which the two co-accused were sentenced to life, uh, Andre Hose and uh, Ambrose Mounier. Nati from Durban says, who in this day and age burns a clinic to make a point? Frankly, it is a foolish act. You know, Nati, I couldn't agree with you more. It really, really just uh, confounds me, no matter how angry you are. Clinics, this is what uh, our children, uh, our mothers, our fathers, brothers and sisters need, who really, really, uh, some of the time, don't even have access to good quality healthcare services, and you burn the only access that they have to healthcare. Libraries, how do you burn a child's only hope of of getting anywhere in life, especially if they already face challenges of not having enough money to get access to education, let alone quality education, and you burn the only opportunity that they have to learn. I, I, I really, I must say, boggles the mind. Um, this one is from Mamello. She calls herself an honest beneficiary of democracy from violence. I'll tell you what. She says, to tell the truth, people who are protesting and subwaking may presumably not be residing in that area. Here are the areas where RDP houses were built in the Val, Everton Extension 11, Palm Springs, Tsepong, Buitumelo, Zone 13, Zone 12 Extension, Tsepiso, Bupelong, Buipadong, it's wrong to instigate violence when you are meant to compete your politics through the ballot. Day ARVs, day ARVs are being supplied. A huge number of children, elderly, get grants. So says Mamelo in the farm. If you've got something to add to this, please feel free to SMS us on 34701. We would like to hear from you. You often have better information than us because you are on the ground. So to please share your views and insights with us. Water cuts have been recurring problems, uh, a recurring problem across the free state, affecting households and schools in 26 towns. In many cases, temporary measures were put in place. The Water Affairs and Cooperative Governance and Traditional Affairs Departments in the Free State have committed themselves to robustly combat the challenge. This in an effort to bring a long-lasting solution within the municipalities which have been experiencing water cuts. Natural causes such as uh, lack of rain, which prompted low water levels and dams, have also been labelled as the main obstacle for proper water supply. Gonello Kafula filed this report, presented by Kiratilala. The Department of Water Affairs says it's performing an analysis in order to understand and establish the demand of water per local municipality. According to Free State Provincial Head of Water Affairs, Teli Sontili, the analysis will assist them to have what they call the all-town reconciliation studies, which gives them the historical, the current and even the future water use. Antili says his department is implementing programs which will address unreliable supply of water in certain areas. 
we as a department, we have already implemented programs like uh, the regional park infrastructure to be able to augment those particular areas where there is unreliability of water supply. And uh, also we have already implemented what you call the accelerated uh, community infrastructure program, which is also targeting the maintenance and uh, operations of the municipality infrastructure. And with that, we have already assisted many municipalities uh, in the free state. And uh, with that, there is a good improvement. Cooperative Governance and Traditional Affairs, or COCTA in the Free State, has appointed a team of engineers who specialize in water affairs to check the root cause of water cut problems. For SABC News, I'm Kirit Lala. And uh, that report uh, produced uh, by Cornelio Lekafola. It's at 12.30, an update of the news headlines with Utsuge Saku. Thanks. And, of course, at 1 o'clock, as otherwise, presented by Shadow Twala. She joins us now on the line to tell us about today's edition. A very good afternoon, Sir Shadow. By the way, I need to tell you that we'll be visiting you in Cape Town. And since you've been talking about love, 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 and I'm, I'm guessing you're getting a lot of paraphernalia to help people along in this endeavor, I hope you're including us because we're going to come and visit you. Listen, I'm, 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 I'm going to compile lots of amazing things for you so, <laughs> so that all of us are quite happy. But today being a Wednesday, though, we take time out because when Wednesdays we talk to young people or issues around young people, and we've invited the um, founder of Light and Education, who is very, very passionate about uh, education, and she's here to tell us on using what you have at home to learn and play for parents and children. And then we cross to the UKZN Centre for Creative Arts uh, and we talk about a school short story competition, which is part of the time of the Writer International Writers Festival. So we're getting young people. I don't want them concentrating on love yet. So. <laughs> I'm glad to hear that. <laughs> Thanks a lot, so Shara. Shara Tala with you on Otherwise uh, from 1 o'clock this afternoon. Right now, let's uh, get into other news. We did mention earlier on a fire at Harmony Goldmine. In fact, rescue operations are continuing there to free 17 miners trapped underground after a fire broke out at the Dürrenkop mine in the west of Johannesburg. In a statement, the company said they had made contact with eight employees in a refuge bay and nine are still unaccounted for. The fire occurred about 1,733 metres underground and was first reported at about 1,800 hours on Tuesday. So that's yesterday. For more on this, we're on the line to Harmony Gold spokesperson James Duncan. A very good afternoon to you, Mr. Duncan. What is the current situation? I mentioned that uh, you've managed to make contact with eight employees, but nine are still unaccounted for. Is that still the situation? I'm very happy to tell you that we have made uh, more progress uh, since uh, that that statement was released. Uh, The eight employees with whom we had established contact in the refuge bay underground, the specialized rescue teams have subsequently reached those eight um, and have brought them safely to surface. They're on their way to hospital uh, to be checked out, but all indications are that they're going to be fine. Um, the real focus now is on the nine employees who are still unaccounted for. How did the fire break out? Do you have any idea at this point? Anything that I say to you by way of you know, possible causes of factors is speculative. What we know is that we have a rock fall situation and we have a fire situation. 
those are the that's those are the two situations that the specialised rescue teams are having to deal with currently um, in their search for the nine uh, um, unaccounted for employees. In such a situation, what are the measures in place? Um, it would take me a good half an hour to seventy-five uh, to forty-five minutes to take you chapter and verse through all of these safety measures in place um, in a conventional deep-level gold mine like Duancorp. Um, of probably the most import is for people to know that um, when an alert around a fire situation um, occurs. Um, employees are notified. Employees have mobile rescue packs um, as part of their safety equipment. Um, it's basically a breathing apparatus. Uh, they are trained to apply that breathing apparatus um, and to use that apparatus to help them deal with smoke, fumes, etc. Um, part of their training and orientation is then to get very quickly, as rapidly as possible, to the refuge bays that are in various places in the underground working environment. In the refuge bays, there is communication to surface, there is water, and there is air. Um, employees are, are briefed to stay there until the rescue teams uh, can reach them um, and, and bring them safely to surface. Now, as again, I realize this is speculative. In the case of the nine that you perhaps weren't able to get in touch with, would it be as a result of their inability to get to the uh, rescue bay in time? Refuge bay in time? We speculate on that. Obviously, what we're talking about is quite a large geographical working space. Um, um, in terms of the equipment um, that employees would have had, in terms of their briefing, um, in terms of the refuge bays, um, one would hope that all of those steps would have fallen into place. In terms of what could have happened with the nine employees who are not accounted for, I really can't speculate on that okay. at this stage. When was the last time you had such an incident? Um, the last fatality at Duncorp was in September last year. Um, it, wasn't, it really wasn't a kind of comparable situation. But, you know, rock falls, underground uh, fires um, are not unusual in deep-level mining situations. All right, thank you very much. That is James Duncan. James Duncan is Harmony Gold's spokesperson. And to talk to us a little bit more about this, we are on to Lewani Mamburu, who is the National Union of Mine Workers spokesperson. The NUM has called for an urgent investigation of the fire that broke out at uh, the Harmony Gold mine for reaction. We're now on the line, as I said, to Lewani Mamburu, very good afternoon and thank you very much for speaking to us. Just uh, perhaps your sense of what may have happened. Um, good afternoon to you and your and listeners. We, we were informed last night by our health and safety team uh, in PWV region that there was, um, last night uh, during the night shift, there was a seismic event that took place. Uh, last night. This is, this, this seismic event was measured at 2.4 magnitude. So it resulted in the collapse of underground rocks, which caused damage to the vent ventilation pipes, electric cables, and water pipes. So the damage to electric uh, cables triggered the fire underground, which is still burning even now. 
So the feather informed us this morning that eight workers were rescued this morning, and the rescue team are still searching for nine workers who are still missing or trapped underground. In terms of a safety record at the mine, as you heard Mr. Duncan say, the last incident that they had was last year, and uh, he said it was an improbable event. But even as he says that uh, rock falls are not unusual at mines, I know that safety is still a major problem. In fact, at some point, the unions uh, said that whenever a dearth occurs as a result of uh, safety lapses, then they will stop working until that is attended to. Yes, that is true. And uh, as the NUM, uh, we we are calling for an urgent investigation to the root cause of this seismic event. As we know, that technology to actively monitor the build-up of seismicity is available. We wonder if um, uh, the company has Technology to actively to actively monitor the up of this seismic that has uh, happened uh, last night. It, but in terms of how many golds uh, safety record, are you satisfied with it? Yes, we we, we are satisfied, and uh, but there there are concerns like the the rock. We we want the company to 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 invest in the technology to act, to actively uh, monitor the the seismicity. Underground. Mm. And, and other than that, unions, do you ensure that your members do submit to the training and orientation that uh, Mr. Duncan spoke about and that they, they do utilize the mobile rescue packs that they are given and follow the instructions under such events? Yes, that is why as the NUM, in every branch there is an NUM health and, health and safety team that always, always advises workers on what to do on uh, when they go underground. All right, thank you very much. Nobuwane uh, Mamburu is uh, the National Union of Mine Workers spokesperson. Perhaps you're a miner, a miner rather, um, and uh, you'd like to share with us your experience working underground because, I mean, half the time we just uh, talk about these things from uh, uh reporting on it and, and we don't have the lived experience of what it feels like to be a miner working underground under such conditions and the safety measures we talk about it from an academic level but when you are down there and you have to follow these instructions how easy is it how difficult is it is there anything else that can be done to improve safety at mines as you know the mining endeavor is taking place in Cape Town people are talking about how best to maximize profits, how to ensure that everybody is is happy, not only wages, but uh, that, you know, the stakeholders, shareholders get what they're looking for, but uh, that the miners also are satisfied with the hard work that they put in, but remuneration, that it's commensurate with the work that they have to do, especially the dangerous aspects of it. So do SMS, that's on 34701, two nights per SMS, or anything else that you've heard here on the program. We're on Twitter at SFM Midday Live. If you ask business owners what keeps them up at night, most will say cash flow. How do I grow my business when all my money is tied up and customers are taking forever to pay me? The answer is NetBank. They are the experts in debtor management and can give you up to 80% of your debtor's book as cash. This means better cash flow for your business and fewer sleepless nights for you. It's the kind of solution you'd expect from a partner that understands your business. Sign up for NetBank's comprehensive business offering by visiting simplybiz.co.za and make cash flow happen.
NetBank is proud to vote small business. We are an authorized financial services and credit provider. Terms and conditions apply. Make things happen. NetBank. It is 18 minutes to one. We'll take a look at your uh, market and financial news in just a moment. But first, let's tell you about this. Gauteng police have uncovered a plot to kill investigators looking into the murder of cluster commander Tirani Masangwani. Masangwani's body was found in a field near the R101 road near Hamanskral, north of Pretoria, in June last year. The latest suspect arrested in the conspiracy to target the police investigators has also been in in the murder of the cluster commander. The 33-year-old is due to appear in court later this month. Acting Gauteng Provincial Police Commissioner Lieutenant General Leseja Mutiba joins us now on the line to tell us uh, more about this. Uh, a very good afternoon to you and thank you very much for speaking to us, Lieutenant General. How did you uncover the, this conspiracy, this scheme, and how did it lead to the arrest of the suspect? Thanks a lot. Uh, afternoon to the listeners as well. Uh, last year, while we were busy with the bail application, as you know, that after the murder of uh, General Masangani, four suspects were arrested and they were charged. Uh, we, we took them to court and there was a bail application that they brought, which was quite a lengthy process. While uh, this process was still on, uh, our investigators brought to, to our attention about strange moves uh, that they were being followed. Uh, at some stage, they received some threatening calls, and uh, we decided to open a, co- a, a docket because uh, uh, it was just going far and far. Uh, we launched an investigation, and uh, we can report to the public that uh, two people were, were arrested, of which one of them is a warrant officer, one of our members uh, that is working at crime intelligence in the Val area. Uh, Both of them were charged, and uh, out of uh, this uh, investigation, we could link one of these two with the murder of General Masangani, and uh, this person has been charged, and we are convinced that we are having a strong case against the person. The other one, uh, the warrant officer, uh, has been charged on the conspiracy to murder the team members, and that case uh, is coming to court in in in, uh, in Sibuke Magistrate Court. Mm. At some point, the former police commissioner, General Begitkele, said uh, there was a hit list that targeted prominent police officers, especially high-ranking police officers. Are you investigating if this could also be a part of it? Uh, no, no, that uh, uh, particular hit list of uh, General Bekitkele, I think that the minister uh, did comment on that list uh, because uh, uh, we are not even sure whether that list exists or not. This one uh, is a, a separate matter at all, uh, and it is a matter pertaining to the investigators, those investigating the case of uh, the murder of General Masonga. Mm, okay. Now, you also have briefed the media about progress on several other high-profile cases in the province. Can you tell us more about this? The first one is the one against uh, the, the murder case of uh, Mr. Lawrence Muepi, the auditor. Uh, we have uh, make, made one arrest. One person has been uh, positively uh, linked to the murder. 
and we are still looking for the other person of which we are already having all the evidence and uh, we will be making uh, identity kit available as soon as possible. Pertaining to the suspect that we have arrested and charged, we can safely say that uh, we are very much convinced that we are having the right man. Uh, We can link him with the case and uh, we are convinced that we are having a strong case against him. The last case is the case against Kulichana. On the Kulichana matter, this matter uh, has been uh, in the public arena for quite some time. People have been come, uh, making all sorts of comments. Uh, remember that there are two cases here. The first case is the one that Kulichana has opened against the subs members that he was shot at. The second case is the one that the subs members opened against Kulichana. Uh, uh, alleging that uh, he tried to run them off. Uh, we, as the subs, we investigated the case which were opened by the subs members while IPIT opened the case, investigated the case opened by Kulichana. On the case against Kulichana that our investigators have been investigating, uh, we took that case to uh, the public prosecutor and we are very much convinced that we are having a very, very strong case against Kulichana. And uh, we are waiting the decision of the public prosecutor in this regard. I don't want to talk on behalf of them, but uh, they are now looking at both cases. And we are very much convinced that our members have acted correctly. We are supporting our members in this. And uh, we are very much uh, convinced that uh, Kulichana... Is, uh, will be charged and uh, will answer charges of, tri- of attempted murder of trying to run our members. Is an arrest imminent of Kulichana? Uh, this matter is now in the hands of the public prosecutor. In as far as we are concerned, uh, we have decided that let's discuss this matter with the public prosecutor. We could have arrested him, but remember that IP is also having a case where our own members are being investigated. So we did not want it to be seen you know, to be competing with IPIT uh, because all of us, ourselves and IPIT, were being served by the same uh, uh, okay. uh, Director of Public Prosecution. Thank you very much for your time. Lieutenant General Leseja Mutiba is a Provincial Police Commissioner, Acting Provincial Police Commissioner. It's now 12 minutes to one. Over to the markets now. we on the line to Sudhir Singh of FMB, or rather Satsman Securities. Today's JSE report is brought to you by Telcom Business. Convergence. One solution, one service provider. Telcom Business. Sudhir, a very good afternoon to you. I see the resources and financial shares are offsetting gains in the gold miners and industrials. Yes, they are, Tepi, sir. Just in general, uh, global markets have bounced back this morning as bargain hunters uh, use the recent sell-off uh, to pick up stock. European stocks uh, have snapped three days of losses with the banks and financial services companies rallying ahead of uh, key economic data in the U.S., which uh, has filtered into the local market. Over on Wall Street, um, Wall Street set the tone last night with stocks uh, rebounding to close modestly higher last night on positive earnings from both Michael Kors and Yum Brands. If we just take a look at uh, the U.S. stock features uh, this morning, it is pointing to a slight pullback later on this afternoon. On the local front, uh, the JSC hasn't uh, followed global markets this morning as the platinum miners uh, continue to feel a little bit of pressure on the ongoing strike action. 
On a positive note, however, Vodacom reported a strong result for the quarter ended December, largely due to a 40% increase in the group data revenue and a 33% increase in international services revenue, which was supported by strong customer growth. Just taking a look at our local indices, we've got the gold index, which is up uh, 0.6%. Resource 10 index is down 0.5%. Industrial 25 index is up 0.2%. And the financial index is slightly lower at 0.3%. Overall, the market is down around 50 points, or 0.1%, to 44,401. Okay, you mentioned Vodacom. The other top 40 shares? On the upside, uh, we do have uh, Life Healthcare, which is up uh, just over 2%. That's at 37 rands. We've got uh, Discovery, which is uh, up uh, just almost 2% at 72 rands and 30 cents. ShopRite is up 0.8% at 143 rands and 90 cents. And as mentioned, Vodacom is up uh, just around 0.1% at 119 rands and 90 cents. On the downside, we do have Able, which is down just over 3% at 10 rands and 80 cents. Implats is down 2% at 113 rands and 70 cents. Anglo-American is down almost a percent at 258 rands and 80 cents. And lastly, we have Imperial, which is down just under half a percent at 166 rands. And uh, commodities? Commodities, if we just take a look, we have gold at uh, $1,257.70 an ounce. Platinum is at $1,383.50 an ounce. Brent crude is at $106.20 per barrel. And just having a look at the rand, it is trading at 11 rands and 10 cents to the dollar, 18 rands to the pound, and 15 rands to the euro. That's it from me, Tepiso. Thanks a lot, Sudhir. You enjoy the rest of your day. Sudhir Singh of Satsun Securities brings the time to just about eight minutes to one. This feature was brought to you by Telcom Business. Talk to Telcom Business about getting you on the journey to convergence with a tailor-made solution. Telcom Business. Marilyn, I need a non-automated, hand-operated ink dispenser for the objective of on-paper documentation. A pen, sir? Yes. That's the word I was looking for. Using several words when one will get the job done doesn't make sense. Neither does using several providers when you can get voice, mobile, fixed, data, cloud, and IT from one service provider. Call 10217, click forward slash business or visit a Telcom Direct store and get a tailor-made solution. Convergence. One solution, one service provider. Telcom Business. It's uh, now seven and a half uh, to one. We'll bring you your lunchtime news with Uzile Sako at that time. And, of course, our arts and culture feature creator in just a moment. But let's talk about cities around the world, including Johannesburg. Unlike federal governments around the world, generally taking real action to combat climate change. This is one of the revelations of the fifth biennial C40 Cities Mayor's Summit, currently underway at the Santon Convention Center north of Johannesburg. This is understandable considering that even though cities occupy only 2% of the Earth's land mass, they contain over 50% of the world's population and use two-thirds of its energy generating over 70% of global carbon emissions. Joining us now on the line to tell us on the strides being made, especially towards greening uh, the city is uh, Linda Paladze. She is with the city of Johannesburg. A very good afternoon to you, and thank you very much for speaking to us, Ms. Palazzo. Uh, what, what, what strides have we made? Let me start here. Um, the city of Johannesburg as a host, we have our own you know, targets that we have set 
in order for us to be able to, cre- uh, to reduce our own greenhouse gas emissions. And then thereby playing a larger role in the uh, global context where we, as part of the C40 summit and C40 mayors, uh, take actions. There's a report that was released now this afternoon by the three mayors, uh, Mayor uh, Bloomberg, uh, the ex-mayor of New York, Mayor Pius, and the mayor of Rio, and Mayor Pakistan, uh, the mayor of Johannesburg. So that report basically talks about climate actions that cities are taking in order to reduce their climate uh, change impacts and making sure that they, 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 they reduce also their greenhouse gas emissions. As, as well, they sort of identified percentages and numbers that they've, they've sort of achieved up to so far because this summit is a biannual summit. Therefore, every second year, they come back and review what their actions and their impacts. And so that's where we are as just trying to speak in other cities in the C40 context. Perhaps we're going to speak to you a bit later on. Um, not uh, quite a clear line we have to you, Linda Palazzi, but uh, as I said, we will endeavour to speak to you later on. Uh, that's Linda Palazzi, Head of Climate Change at the City of Johannesburg. Very important subject, I think. Uh, first biennial C40 Cities Mayor Summit is underway in, at the Sutton Convention Centre.